Hello everyone, welcome to another session of Faithful Leaders. We're joined today with Mike Stevens, or otherwise known as Major Mike Stevens. Mike, it's great to have you with us. Um, I've known Mike for a few years Thank now. You. And, uh, and Mike uh, is joining us from the other side of the pond, uh, just south of Chicago. And, um, and Mike has had a varied career um, but we're keen to connect a little bit today, a little bit about how faith has played a role in his his life and his career. And Mike, you uh, you spent time in the British Armed Forces. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, how faith interfaced with that. Yes, I um, thank you. I had the great privilege of uh, going through the Royal Military Academy at Sandhurst, two years training in... Um, 1959, 1960, 61, and graduated there with a commission from the Queen uh, and went into the Parachute Regiment where I had uh, a 14-year career, which uh, was just phenomenal privilege to be involved in the leading and training of men's lives and the, um, the joining of a team of an officer corps, which was just excellent. I learned so much, and I so appreciate those years. Mike, tell me, um, tell me a little bit about um, what you're doing now. We we often get to this at the end of things, but but when you yes. talk about the the privilege of training and and developing people, yes. that is something that you you're involved with now. Can you kind of give a, a description of what you're doing? Yes, I am. Um, I believe that many of the purposes in a man's heart uh, are, could be described as like a deep well. And uh, a deep well, of course, needs um, a deep bucket to draw out what's inside. And uh, so I, I believe that um, many, many people have got just gold, not water, in their deep well. But it needs somebody uh, with skill, with understanding, and with um, a patient faith to draw out what has been created within so that they can realize their potential. So I spend many hours of my week um, in a conversation with different people uh, in different parts of the world, in different nations, talking about their deep well and seeking to listen so that I can help to uh, help to develop their potential in a practical way. And that is such a satisfying, beautiful thing to be involved in because you see the value and the potential and you appreciate the, the wonderment of people's lives. Excellent. Excellent, that's really interesting. Can you tell me then a little bit um, about being in the armed forces? You were a person of faith as you went into the armed forces. I yes. Think. So yes, I was. Um, yes. And that may be considered a somewhat unusual uh, choice. But yes. Um, so you you came through Sandhurst. You you got to be uh, in the parachute regiment. Yes. Um, you you were you had various different uh, adventures along the way. <laughs> how how did how did faith um, interface uh, with those things? How how was the faith? I don't, was it a help? Was it a hindrance? How how did it go? Well, it was both. 
uh, in terms of, it, it gave me a worldview, a paradigm through which I viewed life and people and concepts. And so it anchored me into a character quality of integrity, honesty, reliability, faithfulness, hard work, loyalty, which were scriptural uh, foundations to my life because of my commitment to, to seek to live a biblically based life in biblical principles. So in that way, um, you know, many of the lessons that I'd learned about being a good soldier and faithful, I'd already got, I already been persuaded about that. And it, to some degree, it was already in my life to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a, a great, great benefit. I, I didn't have to wonder about integrity or t telling the truth or uh, those sort of things or hard work or loyalty, which is a very important aspect of military life. Loyalty is and obedience to your commanders and that sort of stuff. And so wanting to promote their good and upward serving servant leadership, all those concepts, which I'd learned in Stanthurst, uh, I'd already got them to some degree formed in my life. So it was a great benefit. My faith was. And then my faith also acted as a shield against things which were negative. Right. Because, you know, a military lifestyle hard work and hard life and hard drinking and hard womanizing and all of that. My faith, um, it protected me from getting sucked into a lifestyle that was really pretty um, destructive. Right, right. That's interesting. So that, that was another great um, help for me. Yeah, that's interesting because you've kind of you've kind of preempted my next question, which is, where was faith a hindrance? Well, well, it wasn't a hindrance in that sense, but it was a protective shield. That was a very interesting yes. uh, way of looking. Now, at in it. some ways, it, in some ways, it was a hindrance because it ostracized me from the lifestyle that others were participating in, and therefore I didn't fit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, when when you've got a a very clear mandate of a certain kind of lifestyle, then it, it doesn't always flow with other people. And therefore you sometimes left a little bit on your own and trying to protect that lifestyle against the current right. of lifestyle of those around you. So in that sense, it was a, it was a hindrance to deeper right. relationships. But um, in terms of your progress within military, you were, you were quite young. Um, uh, to get promoted to become a major, weren't you? That was yes. I I actually um, found great success because I was extremely diligent and dependable, and that that's a quality that any senior commander is looking for. He, right. he doesn't want rebels under his command. <laughs> he wants people he can really trust. And 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 because of my faith, I I was trustworthy and dependable. Okay. And, and I was also, uh, it wasn't just character, I was also skilled. Right. Because right. I paid attention to the details of what I was taught. Okay. And, um, and, and, you know, when you, when you oil the machine properly, it works. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. And um, you're in the States now. Um, have you come across other people that have that done military service as well from a faith background? Have you compared any kind of uh, reflections on 
faith within the military uh, side of things? And yes. Stuck out to you? I mean, I've met one or two, but you know, the American military was so different right. to the British military in many ways. I mean, I once calculated that the Americans had more helicopters in their army than we had men in ours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So the um, the whole history of warfare in America and their different operations was very very different with a much wider s spectrum of excellence or or not. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. So just just kind of picking up on those those life lessons, those things you picked up in terms of your career. Um, how would you say? how do you see faith interacting with with life today i mean we're particularly in this this context of of uh covid19 and uh and uh, many of us uh, across the world are locked down in some way to different degrees and different kind of things how do you feel that that faith and, and in your case christianity has uh has responded to the issues of of this current crisis well, for me, obviously it's personal, but for me, the antithesis of faith is fear. Right. So faith and fear cannot walk together. You're either going to submit to fear or you're going to submit to faith. Uh -huh. And so it's helped me to get a worldview that is optimistic. Not because this isn't a terrible, terrible thing that could get better or worse but because I've got an implicit faith and trust in the God, the sovereign God who's over this and that in his wisdom, he will even make this terrible shaking of the nations, both in health and in economics. Yeah. He will eventually shake it and make it redemptive so that we come out of it more aligned to God's purpose for the world, for his world, okay. than we are before we went into it. Right. So I, tr I trust that dynamic that I have a, an implicit um, gift of faith for the sovereignty, the magnitude, the magnificence that God is working out his purposes for all the nations, for his world and for the future, which is ultimately to bring everything together in heaven and earth under one head, even Jesus Christ, as the Bible teaches. How about in terms of the faith communities that you're aware of? I mean, I'm not, not asking you to give a, a rundown on the entire situation in, a, in the United States, but in terms of, you know, you're, you're a man of many connections, both within the UK and, and America and, and even beyond. How are you seeing those faith communities respond to the crisis? Very interesting. Um, internationally this shaking has shaken together rather than shaken apart right right see that in families being brought together although the very fact that families are forced to be more together right now brings its own problems too yeah but the point i'm making is the shaking it's shaking things together then churches have been shaken together yeah um and then internationally different tribes of christianity different groupings of christianity have been shaken together mike I'm, 
I'm interested in what you think um, will be the result of this for the, the kind of daily practice of churches and faith organizations. Um, this, this has been a different time. And uh, here we are connecting and meeting on Zoom. Um, and there are things we can do. There are things we can't do, but there are things we can do. So I'm interested in, in, in when, when there is some kind of easing of the lockdown, some to change, although it may not be all total change, what, what, that, uh, what that change potentially might look like and what will happen as a result of that. Well, I think the, the Thursday evening clap-along for the NHS all over the country is a very real prophetic demonstration of what could uh, faith people of faith look like as we begin to come out of this lockdown. Um, what it has disturbed people into, this shaking, yeah. it's revealed some of the really good parts of the human heart in terms of being generous to other people, sacrificial, uh, you remember the story of the Italian priest who was on a ventilator and gave his ventilator to a younger person. He died and they lived. That self-sacrifice. And I think that because we've had a shake-up in terms of what are the priorities of human kindness, human sacrifice, um, and the endeavor to feed others with not only just food, but with all kinds of other uh, necessary things to equip us for life. You know, the homeless being put into a hotel. Some people might not like that, but it's a great demonstration of generosity and kindness. Yeah. I would hope that the people of faith around the world will remember this and seek to continue to implement it. And, and that's a very good thing. Of course, we've had the exploitation of the criminal mind, but inevitably, you're always going to have a light growing increasingly alongside of darkness the the shaking exposes the two things and actually helps us to see more distinctly what is light and what is darkness but my hope will be and my belief will be that we'll come out of this thing better more generous more kind more sensitive more empathetic more with a sense of my i am my brother's keeper mm. than before we went into it no oh, that's that's very that's very interesting it's a very hopeful uh, end to our message here i think a shaking that can that can produce good things is great i feel mike uh, just as you started off there um seeking to to draw out of a deep well i think uh, you've you've drawn out some deep thoughts there so thank, thank you for your time and thank you. Um, thank you for those listening joining us on uh, faithful leaders and we're looking forward to our next time together thank you very much